You're listening to the Wesley Seminary Podcast. Your host today is Dr. Aaron Perry, Associate Professor of Pastoral Theology and Leadership. You can only attend to so many things at once, and your life can only be spent attending to so many things or to so many people. It takes priorities. One of the people I try to learn from is St. Augustine, and he's consistently talking about properly ordering loves. And we keep our loves in the right order. And I think that's part of the conversation of spiritual formation. Today's guest is Dr. Jeremy Summers. Dr. Summers has a doctor of ministry from Fuller Theological Seminary. He is an author. He uh, has had many years of pastoral experience. He has served in uh, denominational leadership, and he has got a passion for spiritual formation and missiology. Uh, In today's episode, we're going to talk about spiritual formation. We're going to talk about what it means to rightly order one's loves. We're going to talk about what it means to have one's spirit formed. And even what does that actually mean? Perhaps we'll even uh, talk about maybe that person that you have in mind who is, they can get to that kind of Zen place of spiritual formation, but it's really tough for anybody else to get there with them. And the more spiritually formed they become, maybe the more aloof that they have become, even in your own life. We're going to talk about all those things and more in today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsor, and then enjoy the podcast. We are Wesley, and you belong here. My name is Victoria Borum, and I am Wesley. I'm Lenny Lucchetti, and I am Wesley. My name is Chris, and guess what? I am Wesley. Hi, I'm Tina Shoppett, and I am Wesley. We recognize this beautiful diversity that the Lord has called together that is Wesley. My name is Corey Merritt, and I am Wesley. I am Wayne Brown, and I am Wesley. I am Colleen Durr, and I belong here. You belong here too, because we are Wesley. Hey, welcome, Jeremy. Welcome back to the Wesley Seminary Podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Good to be here. It's good to have you. So, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. I'm actually sitting outside right now. It's sunny, sunny Indiana. So, so you and your <laughs> you and your family have just uh, experienced a pretty significant move, and I mentioned that because I'm like, okay, this is when spiritual formation rubber meets the road, right? A, a move is a soul breaking experience, man. And and it is. You know, you are you're just into the start of it, and sometimes sometimes souls break slowly, mm. um, and so. I hopefully, hopefully I can be a person that is, uh, you know, a friend to you in this season. It's good to have you close to me geographically here. I've always appreciated our friendship, but uh, it seems to me like, you know, spiritual formation rubber meets the road at this point in your life. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going, it's actually going well overall. I think um, Andrea and I, my wife, Andrea, uh, we've been trying to, trying to be as intentional as we can with kids, um, staying open in terms of conversation um, our kids are at the age now where they kind of also speak into decisions or at least they're part of our decisions as a family. Um, that's been helpful, uh, prayer, but at the same time, I mean, there's also the other side where it's tough where, you know, sometimes you're, you have a shorter temper or you're dealing with anxiety and, um, you're trying to figure out how to handle it and it comes out in negative ways. And so how to also, at least create some space in our family dynamics where we can, you know, um, ask questions. So we actually um, uh, spend some time going through a few questions as a family once a week, um, even with our kids. My wife and I have done this um, for a while um, as husband and wife. Um, but uh, the four questions are one word things like, what are you happy about? What are you angry about? Um, what are you scared about? And, um, and then a question about what is God saying to you? you know, essentially somewhere around those, those four, four words, four questions. And that creates opportunity for confession and we don't judge the person shares and then we move on. So those things have actually helped us over the last four months of transition to, uh, yeah, bring some stability. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, Andrea, uh, Dr. Andrea Summers is the new campus pastor and Dean of spiritual formation here at Indiana Wesleyan university. Uh, and, uh, I was sharing this with you before the, the podcast came on when I tuned in for that interview to see how that was going to go. I didn't know that Dr. Summers, the other Dr. Summers was going to be, uh, interviewing for that position. And that was, that was uh, a real joy, uh, to me because I've, I've seen your family. I consider us friends. We've, mm-hmm. uh, 
we've uh, followed you from afar. You've been a little bit ahead of me uh, in terms of, of education and, and career and those kinds of things. And I've watched how you guys have, have had some intentionality with your family. And so I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, it's good to have people that, that you look up to and that you yeah. learn from. It's good to have them close. So this was, this was a good thing. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, how do you do this, uh, with your kids and how you're leading them formationally. And I'm like, man, the other day, my children had to sit me down and have a chat with me. And I had just had to listen to them and be like, man, <laughs> I was not, I was not a nice person to be around that day, you know? Yeah. Right. And I was like, it wasn't, it wasn't the day's fault. It was mine. You know, I had to own it. I was like, okay, you know what, if, if my nine-year-old and my seven-year-old and my four-year-old can articulate pretty, pretty carefully to me things that I'm like you know what that is true about me and I wish it didn't come out in this mm. in this moment but you know I've got to listen to that and that's the grace yeah. of God right the grace right. of God gives us reality in a mm. gentle way like that so mm. thanks for good good word thanks for you know using your family as an example to us in that and and I think that a lot of our listeners that's where their own spiritual formation meets the rubber meets the road, right? Mm -hmm. Is there close relationships, their close families behind closed doors? You know, how are how are their lives getting lived out in those in those places? Now let me kind of take all of that to ask you a question to be like, okay, we hear the phrase spiritual formation. Um, we have a sense of when it's being tested. What is it? How do we start to wrap our minds around what is spiritual formation? Yeah, well, I'm a simple person. <laughs> At least I hope I am. Um, uh, I think for me, just wrapping my around what is spiritual formation, especially in the church, uh, probably the last 15, 20 years, um, we've heard that word a lot. Um, used to be discipleship, and then we have spiritual formation, and then, you know, other words like how do you be missional. I think for me, spiritual formation, um, an easy way to interpret it is the process by which uh, the human spirit um, is given a definite form or character. So how is the human spirit um, being given form or character? Mm. Now, I could be spiritually formed in other areas besides um, in Christ. So for a Christian, it's a process which we become more like Christ, both in our inner being, and its result is love for God, but a love for God not just cognitively in my mind, um, but also my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. Um, and of course we see this at the end of Matthew, right? And neighbor as oneself. Mm. So there's where I think the transformation begins to happen where for a Christian, my, my spiritual formation, um, I give my life to the ways and belief that Christ is the best way and my, my whole being is given to him. So hard for me to disentangle that from kind of the cash value that that maybe my pragmatic self and my my productive self wants to to get is like okay if i want to be really productive if i mm -hmm. want to be really influential if i want to be uh really um i'm not going to say important you know i, I don't want to be so crass you know i'll give myself a <laughs> credit but you know if I, if i want to if i want to really leave my leave my mark and have an impact then i've got to be spiritually formed and it's like it's like that's the route for me to take to get the end that i want mm -hmm. and yet that doesn't seem to be about what the purpose of spiritual formation is right it doesn't seem like it's the it's the route you take in order to achieve something or to in order to to um uh to get what i really want there's something more meaningful to it than that so so let me, let's put it like mm -hmm. this suppose i come yeah. to you and i'm like i'm like dr summers I, I have this sense from God that I want to be influential and, and make a difference and uh, have a strong, strong missional impact, right? All those, all those things um, help me be spiritually formed so that I can do those things. What might you say to me? Why do you want to? <laughs> mm. um, I want, I'd probably want to know, what what is your motive what is yeah. the reason who why are you asking these questions um, i would want to sit with the person um i think um are they willing to serve are they willing to listen and not speak are they willing um that, do they have humility um is it ambition um is it some inner desire you know what what is it at the core of who they like what is it that's drawing them into it, it doesn't mean that those things aren't impure or unholy so to speak but 
where are they coming from? Mm. Um, and so, and I, you can see that in the gospels, right? It's like, I wouldn't be saying this to them, but like Jesus would say, come follow me. Um, so in other words, why are you asking me this? Is there something that you see in me or are there others that I might connect you with as well? well I'm thinking of Paul's words to boast in the work that God has given me to do mm-hmm. and, and to take glory and pride in that. And I think that's when it's, it's appropriate glory and pride and, and it doesn't get stuck with us. Like um, the, the, the honors or the kudos that we receive whenever we are, are so grounded in God that we know it's of God, then it's just, it's naturally deflected and God is the one who's given the glory. And most of the time people who are giving true compliments see that it's the gift of God in you, right? It's not, it's not of you. It's God's, it's God's gift. So I can, I've been reflecting on that. How do I boast in the work that God has Mm. given to me? And actually that was just uh, so clearly articulated by, uh, uh, Jeff Clark in a recent sermon from College Wesley, and that, that was so well articulated to boast in the work that God um, has given has given to you, and and where I started to reflect on that was that I have no idea what it is that God wants me to do without first getting to know God. Mm-hmm. I think about I think about sin in terms of folly, and then I'm like, without the grace of God, I'm going to chase foolishly after something that is uh, not the right fit for me. Uh, um, in the end, unfulfilling, probably fighting along the way. It's going to have uh, consequences that I certainly don't intend, but are going to be natural consequences if I'm about my own business rather than the business of the Lord and what he has set aside for me. And so when I think about spiritual formation in that way is like that becomes spiritual formation as wisdom, right? Spiritual formation in knowing God, knowing the mind and will of God and that's a that's a total shift for me. Then it's not a it's not a means to an end. Yeah. It, it's the it's the route for me to actually discover. Well, what what is the purpose that God has for me? Right. It's a it's the beginning of a, a posture of humility. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you put your place? That's great. I mean, your posture. The are you do you do you believe in the kingdom of God? That the range of God's God's will, God's effective will. Where God wants done is done. How do I engage the kingdom? Do I believe that God is active, present? Do I put myself, like you said, in a, in a posture, in a place to receive that, to see that, to engage, um, or as Dallas Willard would say, uh, kingdom living, living in, in the character and the power of God. Um, but you also have, as you mentioned, the knowledge. You have to have, you have to act, to have the capacity of, of thinking about, talking about, dealing with, and corresponding with kind of that subject matter um, through thought and experience. Um, so knowledge, as you mentioned, I mean, it's, it's biblical, it's interactive relationship with what is known. Um, so how do we engage? Like you mentioned the passage, right? I mean, I see you bringing out the word of God. Well, is that what forms us or do we look at social media as our formation or television or other, the news or other books, literature, doesn't mean those things won't won't give us insight and you know things like that um but do we actually believe god's word you've um so last week uh that was one of the things that you you brought in and, and in fact you used that as one of your key words to describe dallas willard was this sense of trust that you trusted his words you trusted his his wisdom his life and that that was a key word for you and now you've used it as well as well in in this term like do we trust god's word that um, that it is giving us a good and fruitful way to live, and that that God intends good things for us. Do we actually mm-hmm. trust God to be faithful to us and to do uh, what He would say He will do as we are uh, repentant and and humble in being formed by Him? The sense of of trust. Um, I want to maybe use use that word. Um, to do some self-reflection because mm-hmm. one of the temptations and, and I don't think it's wrong. I, I like how you've, you've said like some of those desires aren't impure, right? They're just, they need to be yeah. you know, held in the right order. One of the, the temptations or one of the, the desires that I've got is, is to be relevant. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of like, is, is what I'm producing or is what I'm saying is how I'm living. Is it actually connecting with the world in which I'm placed? Is it actually making a difference? Or is it? Is there somehow a, a disconnect 
Is there somehow a disconnect there? And if I want to be relevant, if I want to make a difference, if I want to be having some kind of connection with the world, then I may, in a sense, trust the ways that the world is going about forming me. So, for example, uh, if I want to have an influence on social media, then I've got to be engaged in social media. And good, good grief, I was listening to a podcast the other week, and the person rattled off 20 different places on social media that they're, they're on. And I'm like, well, man, I stink at social media because I don't <laughs> even know 12 of those. Like, right. I don't even know 12 of them, let alone have a presence on them. And so I'm, I'm, and I'm like, um, I'm like, man, I guess I got some work to do for that social media presence. But, but now I'm here, I hear this word trust and this, this phenomenon of trust. And, and okay, if I want to be relevant, how do I in, place primary trust in God and the things of God and the means that God has given to form me rather than the world and the things of the world and the means that the world has, has developed um, in order for us to... Uh, be active in the world. And I don't use the word world pejoratively, negatively at all. I'm just saying, you know, there, there's a way of life that is not necessarily of God, though it still bears the mark of, of godly people. And then there's the life of God that we're trying to, to live into and be formed in our spirit from his, his word, from the, the means of grace, uh, mm. um, the reading of, of the word and the, and prayers of, of our spiritual leaders and their, and our people sitting under this teaching. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, how does one live out this primary trust in God um, in a way that is faithfully done and not simply, you know, the means to the end of being effective in the world? Yeah. Yeah. I think, we have to ask one, one place we have to ask ourselves as followers of Jesus is um, am I putting myself in a place where I can receive the power and presence of Jesus mm. uh, is my spirit connecting with his spirit. Um, and that's a simple yes or no question. <laughs> simple. Yes. Or simple mm. or no. The result of that is not so simple, but I think we have to ask ourselves, are we, putting ourselves in place. What does that mean? I think that means, are we in the word? Are we living out um, the disciplines, prayer? Do we, you know, possibly fast? Are there things that we're going to get to worship, community, um, confession, accountability, those things, I think we have to look at ourselves that these are, are means, uh, means of grace at times that we can experience fully the presence of, of God, thankfully, through his grace. And I think, um, when we start to do that, we start to experience in a new way who Jesus is. When I say new, it's not this kind of uh, just like this mystical, mystical kind of epiphany, like, oh, wow, like everything has to be new. I think what we do is God meets us where we're at. And now that's a saying we hear all the time, but, you know, God will meet you where you're at. But I think there's a giving of ourselves to that, that um, and I think Dallas mentions this um, often. Um, is that this kingdom living is living in the character and power of God mm. um, living from the resource of the kingdom um, includes the acceptance um, that we don't have to have things our way that we don't have to have things our way. And that's hard for us. I think, especially in more of a Western individualistic society, even in the church that we have to be, you said fads or one up someone or be, you know, the new thing. Um, it's really interesting how when you look at how people are changing culture, it's through compassion, through love, through being with one another. But I always wonder, where's that coming from? You know, and hopefully it's, we see that coming from Christians that are following Jesus. Um, and I think when we abide, we begin to trust and God reveals himself through those means. What, where, where else might it be coming from? You know, if I could put it like that, you say, you know, people who are changing culture. It's, it's through love and compassion. Mm. And, and you, you're said, I hope it's coming from Jesus and they're being formed by him. Yeah. Uh, where else might it be coming from? Yeah. I, and this might be a great discussion for another time, but I wonder. No, 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 no. Right now. No, have to have no, no, I'm, I'm going to say it. I just see, <laughs> I think to unpack it. Um, <laughs> But I think, uh, (laughs) 
I wonder, I, you see God through, through history that he works through people that might not actually profess his name, but are doing his work because those that supposedly should be professing a name aren't doing the work he's called them to do. So God will do what he needs to do and will do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if it's, um, uh, if for today's culture, if we are seeing people move, starting to do things that the church hasn't risen to its full potential and God is saying enough's enough. I am going to, to still be who I am. The kingdom of God will still reign. And we're starting to see, I think some of that happening. Um, that doesn't necessarily answer your question, but those are the things that I'm processing because I, I think that we're starting to see uh, kind of a new, um, a new awakening, I think in the church. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to see, but also with it becomes um, change. I think with that change also comes, um, you begin to see a cleansing a little bit, mm. if that makes sense. And I think you're going to see a, a transformation that's even beyond our understanding. Processing through that, and maybe there's a couple of images that come to mind. Number one is this um, this picture of the the one who who thought that his his master was harsh, and he gathers where he has not sown. And I'm thinking about is there are there ways that are there seeds that the enemy has sown that God has providentially turned for good simply by His sheer grace. It was not, it was, it was a weed that was sown and God has, has transformed it into something good um, simply because that's who he is. And, and he's, he's reaping where he hasn't sown. And that's a way maybe to, to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's one, maybe that's one way to think about it. Yeah. Um, yep. The, the other image that's coming to mind is this um, from C.S. Lewis in the, the last battle where there's a Calarmine soldier. And so the Calarmines are those who are against the Narnians in this, in this story and consistently through the Chronicles. They're against the, they're against the Narnians, but there's one Calarmine soldier named Emeth who finds, his, uh, finds himself in the, uh, the kingdom of Aslan. It's to shift the, the word a little bit. Uh, he finds himself there, and, and Aslan says to him, um, it's not, uh, he has offered a worship that is uh, worth uh, more than the God to whom he's offered it. So he said, he says, whatever you have offered to Tash, I take as worship unto myself. Mm. And I think that there's, that's another image. Like, are there people who are out and about doing the work of God that are not yet aware that it's the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who they're aiming to serve and that they are, are spending their life on and then of course that's happening by his spirit you know yeah. it's, not, it's not like their own it, it's not their own self that's doing that it's the it's the work of god in them who's doing that now when i get both those images right god so uh reaping where he has not sown god accepting worship um from people who do not yet know that they are worshiping him i wonder the effect is a kind of uh, uh jealousy unto repentance hmm. um that I can have in me as like that. It's like, well, I want to spend my life on God. <laughs> you know, I yeah, want right. to, I want to worship God. I want, I want God's, uh, to be, <laughs> I want my life to produce fruit that, that God is, is reaping and rescattering, uh, for further generations of, of fruitfulness. And maybe it doesn't, it doesn't lead me away from Jesus. It doubles down in my commitment to Jesus. Yeah. It's not an invalidation of, of the claims of Christ. It's right. a, it's a testing of, well, what, I, what am I going to do with it? Yep. Am I going to double down on my faith in Christ and find my formation in him? Or am I going to try and chase another way to, you know, find this elusive effectiveness and productivity and, and, and impact, right? What, what am I going to, to do if, um, what am I going to do with, with the, uh, conviction of God in my life, double down yeah. on Jesus or chase another, another way of living my life? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that's where I think, uh, and I'm not saying that, um, that God is disliking the current way of church, um, or way of life right now. What I'm saying is 
we're in a, I think in a space and we're experiencing it with COVID and, you know, political climate. I think we're in a, in an interesting, in terms of the United States specifically, interesting time. So in, in our formation um, and as a church, like how do we put our trust in Jesus, but also how are we responding to the things of this world? And in responding, it's out of our being in Jesus that we talked about the overflow, mm. right? That mm. the fruit will take care of itself. Um, and revealing the fruit of the spirit, joy, peace, kind of like, but as if the world is speaking that and we're not, then we need to come and confront ourselves and say, why, what is happening? Um, but then if others are saying, come alongside and say, yes, but there's also more, there's also more that can take you further than that. And that's where I think the Christian voice is in a, it has, a, is in a u- unique position currently. And I think, being people that live in the kingdom have a great opportunity both in their families and also in their community. And I think there could be another kind of an awakening that will look back maybe a decade or further, Mm -hmm. look back during this time and say, wow, if our, if we are actually engaging in the kingdom here and now and looking at the ways of Jesus and what's that, what does that mean? How do we abide in him? How do we listen to him? How do we actually faithfully trust him? I mean, that might affect us financially a little bit. It might change how we do some things in our churches or ministries, but what is God saying to us? And if we actively seek that, I think this could have a profound impact um, in many ways. So, Well, I'm thinking about one lesson that the Lord taught me through my kids is uh, I'm trying to get them together and out the door and I can't remember what the event was, but you know, I need, I, of course I need them to hurry up, right? Like, oh, <laughs> a little bit faster. And I just right. remember the Lord impressing on my heart saying, Aaron, I've given them to you to slow you down. Mm. I'm not going to speed them up. Yeah. And I think about, well, what's the, the, the life of faith can be, uh, the life of faith I think is often a slow life, mm-hmm. but with very specific and, appropriate reaction in the moment or action in the moment you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of slowness to it of of learning to appreciate the good world that god has given to us and it is a good world that's one of the foundational truths of jewish faith that that, out of which we grow that the the world is uh ordered and filled before humans come on the scene right it is it is ordered and filled, and then out of that gift of God, he places humans that we simply can uh, recognize and appreciate what we are in. Now we're given the mandate to be fruitful and multiply, to carry forward the ordering and filling of God. That's that's what we're given to do, but we didn't start that on our own. It was first given right. to us before we carry it out. And so the slowness of just appreciating the good world, I think, is is so important. And yet, there come specific moments, divine opportunities, where uh, the action of the follower of Jesus is called for and is important and is necessary, and action needs to be taken in those moments. It can't be taken 10 years from now. Now is the moment that we're given to action. Yeah. But it's like the preparation to act in this moment started 10 years earlier, right? It's like right. It, it, we're, not, we're not capable of acting rightly in the moment unless there's been formation that's been slowly happening for a time. Yes, exactly. Right. And, oh, man. That's, appreciating yeah. appreciating the, the providence of God, that God has put me in the place that he wants me to be for such a time as this, to take the word from, from Esther, right? Right. Uh, from, from that book. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? The spiritual life being a slow life, and yet God yeah. is calling us to act in the moment. And no, I, wow. Um, so Dallas um, invested heavily into Richard Foster, the beginning of, of Richard Foster's kind of, I guess you say professional life as a pastor. I mean, Dallas was a Sunday school teacher and Richard Foster was yeah. a senior pastor. I mean, wow, <laughs> seriously. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and they probably had some people that didn't get spiritually formed in their church. You know? Exactly. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dallas would say that, you know, people just came to hear, hear lecture, you know, and it's everywhere. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is we have profound spiritually, saints in our churches and how are we releasing them mm. to, um, to impact the world around us? I mean, I just can't, it's just amazing. Like who we have in our congregations and um, not even just 
I'm not, not just in our churches, but people that are in our communities that have a profound impact in our society. So imagine um, if we have someone who's living in the kingdom as the mayor of a city or someone who's living in the kingdom that is a coach of a team, someone who's living in the kingdom that's a teacher. These are people that are having a profound impact in our communities around us. So how are we investing? And then how are we also not just investing, but how are they speaking into the rhythms of our ministries and our churches, et cetera. Um, but that takes a culture that takes a change. And so to, um, to answer your question, um, the reason why I talked about Richard Foster is remember what you talked about the Oak tree. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say that again? Uh, well, we were talking before we came yeah. on and, uh, and Richard Foster told, uh, I heard from Richard Foster one time that, that you can grow uh, a squash plant really fast, but you can only grow an Oak tree slowly. And comparing that to the, the soul, you know, the, the, the very self of a person growing over a lifetime, um, you can grow like a, like a squash mm. or you can grow like an oak tree. And, and that was what keyed into my mind about like, how do we grow slowly and, yeah. and look at the beauty of the world and see, man, there are some things in this that God only brought about slowly. Right. Could he have done it a different way? Sure. God could have done it a different way, but he chose to, he chose to grow some things slowly. Yeah. And I think things that we pr- appreciate within our soul, like when mm. we just quiet, like no distractions, anything, when we're actually just still, it's those things that have grown slowly that just kind of overtake us. We can't put words to it. There's something spiritual, something, I mean, you're kind of, you're connecting with God, right? You're, mm. there's something present there. Um, you know, I'm in my backyard. I love being in my backyard. I love being outside because there's something I, you know, I'm not worshiping outside, like the actual, I'm not worshiping the tree, but I worship the God that created the tree, that there's something there. There's something connecting. It's that slow process. But when I see, uh, let's say deforestation, right? If I see these trees cut down, there's a sense of like ripping apart. If that makes sense. Like, because you're just like, dude, like, you know how long that took to grow? Like that, that oak tree took how long? And within 10 minutes, it's gone. Mm. going to take another 50 100 years before that happens again like there's something there i think with our lives we sometimes become impatient we want it quick we want it now but when we look at how god works through his scripture and actually are still and listen through the process we begin to appreciate who he is and i think also we begin to appreciate who people are because now we're not as quick for others to change because we also understand what it means for us to change. So I become more compassionate. I become more loving. I become more connected. Um, I hold the tension versus trying to change the tension. Um, mm. If that makes sense. So I like that hold, hold the tension versus changing the tension. Um, and, and often it's that holding of tension that makes things so, so rich uh, I think about pastoral ministry and in a day you can be with one group of people who is celebrating the providence and gift of God. Mm. And on the very same day, you can be with people who are just crying out to God and asking why, why did you allow this to happen? Mm. And, you know, it, it, it can be, it can be because you've seen the sweetness of God in one context that the, the sourness of life is as sour as it is. But then that goes the other way. And one of the amazing things in, in life, and I come at it from the context of a pastor, is whenever you've seen people in despondency and you've seen God often slowly work them out of it, and they know how sweet it is the moment they're in because mm. they remember the sourness of life from which yeah. they were. And man, like like hold like not getting away rid of the tension, like not having an, a a a a pat theological answer for the, that bitterness. Um, but, but having this, having a presence that's able to walk slowly through the process that God is going to, to bring about that we have by faith that he is going to do that. That's what God mm-hmm. does. Um, that's what allows the sweetness to be as sweet as mm. it is. Um, so true. And, you know, honestly allows us to go back into the bitterness because there's, there's never a guarantee that, you know, when you're on the mountain, you stay there. Right. And so right. often it's, 
life has this undulating effect in this valley and or mountaintop and valley right. kind of roll, rolling experience and this the sweetness and the sourness uh can't be excused or done away it's just you appreciate the one where you are and and don't excuse it whenever it's one that you don't want hmm. yeah it's beautiful i mean i love you know you see this in scripture all the time you know when um specifically thinking in the gospels when jesus encounters someone who's seeking he always he doesn't deny deny or take away from the pain he doesn't try to fix it so they feel better he takes it away to reveal who he is Hmm. um and in that of course they feel better physically of course um but there's also this sense of embracing the hurt like yeah this is you are a leper but let me you believe in me? You believe? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, does that make sense? And so I think a lot of times we try to escape from the pain or escape from um, the dysfunctions or the things that even sometimes we've created ourselves. Um, you know, I'm an angry person or I'm someone who is in, you know, um, an addicted, something of addiction and God's saying, I know, mm-hmm. I know. And that is you, you are part of that, but you also realize your identity is in me. So, let's, let's move. Let's, let's build, let's, let's grow. Let's, let me transform you. Mm-hmm. But that also comes with a community of people that also understand and believe in that too. Yeah. And learning to appreciate the gift that community is right. That, right. that maybe, maybe God allows us to go into those very debilitating times of life so that we are, we do have the capacity of sensing the real goodness that community can be. Mm. But otherwise, otherwise we would not appreciate it to the level that, that we do. Um, Jeremy, there's one, there's one question I'd love to get your take on and it's going to take me maybe a run or two to kind of formulate it. (laughs) Out of my mind that, that guy, that, that gal that is like all into spiritual formation (laughs) and they are just like constantly in their spiritually happy place. And like, like (laughs) they, they are unfazed. You cannot get them out of light out of it, but it's like, they're pretty much useless to everybody else around them. Like, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're looking for some help to do something. No, I can't do that today. You know, it's about my spiritual formation. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, Hey, you know, we have this going on in the church. Are you able to, no, that's not, that's not what my, that's not what God is telling me to do. Or, you know, um, uh, you know, I can't, are you able to, to watch my kids or hear this, whatever. It's like, no, that's, that doesn't fit the, the spiritual rhythm. And I'm like, okay. You know, I can appreciate that that you're in a spiritually happy place, and I see why you want to guard that. But there's like, it seems like there's nothing that God has given you to do that's going to be in any way helpful to your friends or your church. You know, now I'm trying to stereotype it just for the sake of I know life is more complex than that. But man, I sometimes feel like whenever I was in the church, I'd just come across that person. And uh, does that does that person actually exist? Like, or was that just my own, you know, kind of blind spots and wanting, wanting some help in ministry? Um, or, or does that person really exist? And, and, uh, you know, this maybe, uh, you'd say this is, this is how you might actually go about talking to them. Yeah. So I think I'm hearing you right. Um, yeah, let's run together on this one. Are you thinking of someone who also might look at someone like that and be like, there's no way I could, I could be involved in spiritual formation or be spiritually formed or experience the disciplines if yeah, this is I, what it I, looks like. I think it'd be like two things. It'd be like, man, like I I could not get into that level or, of rhythm. And secondly, like I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, I actually I actually kind of like being helpful to my friends and pitching in and doing this, you know. Yeah. Like, like um, you know, it's it is a it is a caricature I'm drawing here, but it's like, you know, the the bar is like set so high and the spiritual life is so idiosyncratic that there's no way I could get into it and attain it. And I'm like, I don't think that I would even enjoy it if I did, you know, I think I might be alienating people if I, if I got to that. Mm-hmm. Um, does that, am I, is that making sense? Like, is that yeah. kind of caricature fair or is that, that just my own lack of spiritual formation? That's, that's like, yeah, no, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's definitely fair. I think, um, I think there's sometimes misconceptions where we've entered so much or we focus so much on kind of the piety Hmm. uh, side of things that we've forgotten what it means to kind of be in that active agent Hmm. in our culture in the public square. I think sometimes there's some that are on the opposite end that they're so active in the public square that they aren't 
experiencing, you know, a life of piety too. So I think there's that kind of mm. balance, right? Um, and we need some, both extremes to, to speak to us. So I think God works in it all. But I think, um, especially look, thinking about pastors and leaders, um, but then also in terms of the church, but then also, as we talked about, who are the active agents in our communities, the teachers, the politicians, the, you know, the workers that, that are everywhere in the facets of life, in the busyness of eight to five, and then I have to take my kids to soccer practice, and then I got to go to church, or I got to do this or that, and then you're sent back saying, I just need a break, I just mm -hmm. need a rest. I think when you exhaust all of that, I think when we look at spiritual formation, the disciplines, I think we have to look at one area of formation as a way of life. And the other is how is God, how am I engaging God in, in the ways of life? Um, so a discipline is an activity in our power that we do to enable us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. Uh, so a discipline is an activity in our power that we do to enable us to do what we cannot do in our direct mm -hmm. effort. So, um, so I'm praying to God. That's an, that's a discipline. I'm praying, um, because there's things I can't do out of my own effort, but I put effort into prayer. I give my all to it. Getting in God's will. Do I spend time in prayer during my busyness of life? Um, fasting. That's one that I think is an experience a lot. Uh, it's definitely uh, something I think is a discipline that can be obtained by many. Um, worship, of course. And I think spending time in community is another one. Um, Matt Leroy and I wrote a book, Awakening Grace, um, a while back. And we actually introduced some other means of grace to kind of expound or at least kind of push back a little bit against the misconceptions of the piety piece. So we entered stuff like creation care, uh, mercy and justice, uh, things like that to show, hey, like these are areas that God is saying for us to lean into and to live out. These are kind of active, action-oriented um, ones that, that God is also forming us. And through that formation, through those disciplines, um, is allowing us to be a change agent in society for his kingdom where he's already present in those places. Um, so that kind of opened our eyes a little bit to the same for today's time. Um, you know, for us, it was, it kind of got dry a little bit for the both of us at times. You're like prayer, fasting, silence, you know, it's like, okay, I can do this, but man, like I'm seeing my community, like going up in flames. Like how am I engaging? How am I going to do this by just sitting and well, I need to pray. I need to fast. I need to do these things. But I also, as God tells us to engage, we see that with, with Jesus, right? He's in town, but he pulls away and he prays and he spends time with a few. Then he goes back and then he comes, you know, spends time in prayer and with his few. And so we just have those rhythms. Let, let me, let me tell you what, a couple of things that, that the Lord is speaking to me on. And I've got in mind like my pastor hat, cause I got my pastor hat on that. I'm like, I got this person who I know <laughs> they love, I know they love God and they love spiritual formation and they've always got a journal. Like this, this is the, the character. It's like, they've always got their Bible. They've always got a journal and they're ready, they're ready to write, you know, and, and spiritual formation is their, is their thing. And for me, what I'm hearing from God in this is to say, yeah, maybe there's something that, that I could do in, in their life. But I also want you, the pastor, to know that you can also develop a habit of saying no to things that are good, to say yes to things that are better. Mm -hmm. And maybe there are times that, that somebody is calling you to help them move out of their basement or you know, pick up the pieces of something. Totally. Yep. And it's okay for you as the pastor to say no, not in a dismissive way and not in an, an aloof way at all. But within a within a context of what's an appropriate boundary that I've given you to get to to do, and and um, you know when you boast in that, like when you say I am going to I am going to do what God has given me to do and 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 be intentional about that and no more and no less, then I can, I have something I can boast in, and it might be a challenge to boast in that because I might realize that man I, I actually get addicted to the hurry and I get addicted to the adrenaline yep. I get addicted to the to the being necessary. So, so God is saying to me, okay, you might come across the, you know, that spiritual formation guy. Um, but I can say something to you through them and you can pick up a little bit of what they have learned to embody this, this kind of, um, uh, appropriate detachment, you know, right. 
can say no. Uh, the other thing, the other thing that I'm, uh, that God is, is saying to me is uh, just what you said at the end. I love, I love what you said. I wrote down um, a dis- spiritual discipline is something that we do. That's within our power to do that enables us to do things that are not within our power. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and how I think then about, okay, the, the appropriate spiritual rhythm in entails exercise or practices, things that I'm doing, and also rest. And that rhythm is what is engaged not only in preparation for me to do things, but is itself something for me to enjoy, right? Just to right. enjoy yep. that, that rhythm, that it's already part of God's good creation to work and rest and to work and rest, or maybe to, to rest and work and rest and work, you mm-hmm. know, to have a <laughs> you know, more, yeah. more biblical picture of it. <laughs> but that, that rhythm is something in itself is to enjoy, with faith that God has things for me to do that are to my joy and others benefit and to his glory. And that I think is just, it's, it's a life of faith and it's a life that's, that's countercultural. It's not a life of hurry. Um, it's a life, but it might be a life that frustrates. <laughs> and yeah, so right. um, other people might look at me and say like, man, why is this guy never any good when I need him to be helping me or, or any good mm-hmm. at it? And, and uh, you know, maybe people have said that about me. I don't know. I'm sure was along the way I've, I've done that to people. But um, uh, it, does, it does help me to say like, okay, um, if that person can, can irk me, then what is God speaking to me? Like maybe they've got mm-hmm. something I can learn from. And maybe there's something that God would do in my own life that just allows me to enjoy the rhythm that mm-hmm. is already possible for me because he's there and gracious and has probably been working things together providentially from... Uh, before I had a sense or a realization of what was going on. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, you're, you're exactly hit it. I think um, when it comes to us examining or looking at others, I think God ultimately looks at us and says, okay, what can you learn from others? But also realize that I've given different gifts and abilities, different passions and desires and different callings. Um, and now, now if it's sometimes I think that comes out of, um, many different areas of could be insecurity, self-esteem. It could be things that maybe I know I should be doing things I shouldn't, or I should be doing or shouldn't be doing um, time, effort, uh, being overworked, you know, all those things um, can come to mind sometimes. But I do think the spiritual formation, someone who's engaged um, usually has a place of humility regardless. Um, and I think seeking after those people and learning, asking mm-hmm. um, is essential. So how do we, you know, better become followers of Jesus? They're not always easy to find. Sometimes humble people are not easy to so, find. You're so, yeah, so true. Yep. Um, and I think, yeah, uh, for me over time, I've, uh, and part of me, I'm just a curious person, but sometimes I just watch a room sometimes and listen and see, okay, who's, who's the one that doesn't answer as quickly? Who's the one that people are following? You know, who, who, are, who are the people that um, you can kind of, sense you know someone who um is close to god i don't know if that makes sense but there's something spiritual kind of in those moments when you actually listen seek god and um and i think for me personally um i'm attracted to those type of people because i'm, I'm curious like what like what is it like you're not after it for fame you're not out for glory you're not there to to be on a speaking tour to write books like what, why, like, what is it? And I think for me, Dallas Willard was that mm. it continues to be um, just in terms of influence on me personally, but it's like, it was just, he just loved Jesus. Like, and I know that sounds so elementary and you know, it's like, well, okay, whatever. Sunday school answer. But I'm like, but it changed his life. Wow. wow. Um, and it changed a lot of people's lives around him because it wasn't just about getting to heaven. It was how can heaven be experienced here on earth as it is in heaven? Um, what is it here? Like if, if I truly am giving my life to Jesus and I'm expecting to have eternal life in heaven and really think I'm going to be happy there, shouldn't I also be happy and have that same excitement and joy here on earth? Um, loving others, bringing others along, and having them experience the same thing that I'm experiencing. So, yeah, I was, 
I've been trying to reflect on on the words of Jesus in John's gospel uh, that he came that we might have life and life to the full. And life to the full is at least in part connected with uh, learning to love and appreciate and live within the limits and blessings of God's good creation. That there there is something to be enjoyed, protected, mm-hmm. and shared uh, simply about eating eating one eating food that is available to us. You know, to enjoy that, to to defend that, and to mm-hmm. share that with others. Um, about having meaningful work to do that that you know invest in other people, um, to have a, a good conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is part of life to the full because God's good creation is was already sufficient to giving us good life and life to the full. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus has come to set that back on track and in a way that, you know, uh, Oh, happy fault. Oh, Felix culpa. Um, mm-hmm. that, that in some, in, in some way even goes beyond that warrants such a great savior. And whenever we see that in Christ, um, the one in whom the, the good pleasure of God and the deep love for the world meets in his life, then I think loving that man is, thank God it's so simple. You know, it's not easy, but thank God it's so simple. Um, and I think there's a, there's a, it's a deceptive simplicity, right? Uh, or I should say, um, there are things that we take that are deceptively complex. Um, and I think it's, it's important for us to keep that ruthless simplicity uh, in the midst of everything else and all the other conversations and theological conversations that I think are important. And, and I really do think they're important, but mm. there is something about, um, loving loving jesus and learning his way is uh is an anchor point for us Mm. not just something someone who keeps calling us back to himself and calling us to be with him as my colleague john jury would say so (laughs) good uh, work yeah yeah. (laughs) jeremy thanks so much for taking the time to be on the seminary podcast today good to be with you appreciate it thank you and uh i think that um, I think that just the, the taking the pressure off and reorientation is so good for us as spiritual caregivers uh, to be reminded of. I know I need to be reminded of it and hope listeners pick that up as well, that their work is, it matters and is meaningful and they have a shepherd who is shepherding and caring for their soul in Jesus as well. And I hope that they consider uh, the podcast part of the ways that their own souls are tended to and cared for. So thank you listeners for tuning in. Thanks Jeremy for sharing some of your wisdom with us today and uh, knowledge that you have uh, discovered and refined and honed. Thanks Cam for your production work. It's uh, great to work alongside you in the Wesley Seminary podcast. Uh, Encourage listeners if you didn't listen to uh, last week's episode to check it out as Jeremy introduces to us Dallas Willard and some of the importance of his role and how he might be an asset to you. He might be the the mind of God to you through some of his own work. Uh, check out that episode to see how, where you might start to hear more about God's word last week. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great day. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name Wesley Seminary.